All right. Pitchers and catchers have reported, except for a couple of pitchers and a couple of catchers who are still free agents. Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It is Thursday, February 15th, barring some random trade that would make this get postponed to the 16th. But here we are talking baseball. Spring training has indeed arrived. Pitchers and catchers have reported. There's videos out there of live at-bats and bullpen sessions taking place. But while we're here to celebrate that happening, we're also here to talk about the never-ending MLB offseason in that the former Cy Young Award winner that won, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, has not signed with the team. A World Series hero in Jordan Montgomery has not signed with a team. An arguably top five center fielder in baseball, Cody Bellinger, has not signed with a team. And the perennial platinum gold glove finalist, Matt Chapman, has not signed with a team, not to mention a bunch of other pretty solid Major League Baseball players, including Brandon Woodruff. J.D. Martinez, Whit Merrifield, Tim Anderson, Adam Duvall, Mike Clevenger, Tommy Pham. So we're here to ask a very simple question. What's wrong with Major League Baseball free agency? How are we doing? I'm sad and alone right now, but other than that, I'm doing <laughs> Henry? You know, I mean, I'd be sad and alone, but this holiday sucks. This is the worst holiday ever. We're recording on Valentine's it's Day. The one it's who just has a girlfriend. It's yeah, it's just the stupidest holiday. Flip. <laughs> uh, well, let's get back in the happy mood because you know, pitchers and catchers before today. Marcus Stroman threw his first live at bat as a New York Yankee earlier today, Woo-hoo. and things are going good unless you're Blake Snell. So let's go back to that question I just oh. asked before everyone took the vibes down. What's wrong with Major League Baseball free agency? In that other sports, <laughs> such as the NFL, free agency starts and you have a wave of moves. You've got Aaron Rodgers goes, Russell Wilson goes, blah, 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 blah. The NBA, you've got LeBron James trade rumors, Kevin Durant requesting out of a deal every single offseason. <laughs> MLB, free agency starts. And we do nothing because we have to wait on qualifying offers for seven days. And then it's nothing because the winter meetings aren't for another month. And then we get that nice little window of like, you know, a lot of moves happen at the winter meeting. And then it's nothing because it's Thanksgiving. And then it's nothing because it's Christmas. And then it's nothing because it's New Year's. Then there's a little flurry after the holidays in the middle of January. And then it's nothing because pitchers and catchers reported. And when was free agency? So... It's a weird system in that it's five months. And yes, there's some fun times, but something seems broken about the system. Yeah, it's chronologically pretty unlucky just but when the season ends and then just the list of holidays and breaks that just naturally come about during it. But I don't know. It's I don't I don't blame Blake Snell for being like, listen, man, I should put up like a two two. <laughs> and I'm the Cy Young. I'm not signing another one-year prove-it deal. This is what, like, this is the highest that my value is ever going to get, so I'm going to go try and get it as much as possible. The only thing is nobody's going to give it to him, and now we're just stuck in this weird limbo, and it sucks because, like, I think it's more fun when you have your team set by mid-January you get to spend a month just daydreaming on like what it's going to look like 
But now there's still all these question marks. Like, I don't want the New York Yankees to sign Blake Snell, right? At least not uh-huh. for a nine-year deal. It's not my money. I don't really care. The difference between a $22 hot dog and a $25 hot dog at this <laughs> point isn't much. If like, but get them on a five-year, $150 million deal at this point, sure, just go for it. Because like, clearly nobody else wants to sign him. Give him the money that he wants for a shorter amount of time and just let it roll. That's sort of where I'm sitting. Is it significant, Nico, that all four of the marquee guys, and obviously there's other guys out there, but the four big ones that are probably still getting in that $100 million or more in Snell, Montgomery, Belly, and Chapman are all Scott Boris guys? I think it is. I think that Boris is an agent with a clear strategy. He's had it for a while. It's I'm going to try and get the max value out of my players. So the big thing with Boris is that he's not going to budge. So, again, we've seen it. Like you said, you brought up the NFL. We've seen it in the NFL with guys who don't budge. Like people are willing now, especially with the increase in ability to stay in baseball shape and stay in your sports-specific shape when you aren't playing, of guys deciding to stay. And I think it's gone a lot with it. I think that Boris has a lot of clients, and I think that those clients are being told, yeah, you're worth this money, and I'm a good agent, so there's no reason for us to budge. If we think this is what you're worth based on our calculations, again, the same way, what you have to remember is the same way that every franchise has their calculations to say that a player is worth this much, every agency has their own algorithm that makes them worth that much. So the thing is, is that Boris is probably and again it's what makes him so good but it's also what brings us to the situation he believes in whatever number he says and he's never going to budge from it so it's again it's if a team's going to bite on it it's basically who's going to who's going to be chicken first is it going to be boris and is it going to be like snell maybe saying hey i just want to play or is it going to be a team like the angels and it's going to be like hey look we have the money we, we always do one of these signings, so let's just go out and get him. And again, it's also, which I don't think is a problem with baseball, baseball kind of has a double-edged sword of the fact that it doesn't have a salary cap, and it's basically like a very big Wild West where it's like besides your qualifying offers and your arbitration, it's get whatever. There's no types of contracts. There's options, but really it's like just standard contracts with NFL and NBA. You have your maxes, you have your franchise tags. You have people who are able to like to qualify based on certain things into certain echelons of contracts. You can be crappy. And if they think you're worth something in the MLB, you can get that money. You can be amazing. And if you don't, and no matter what accolades you have, they can think you're worse. Uh So it's kind of the beauty of how the baseball offseason works that guys are able to get infinite amount of money, like Otani, like Yamamoto, who really, again, uh, in the NFL or the NBA, a guy like Yamamoto doesn't get that contract because, again, he, he's done nothing to warrant that massive contract. So it's kind of two things of Boris just having his guns, sticking to his guns, which is what makes him one of the premier agents in the league. Additionally, the fact that it's just a wow, wow, West with no like types of contracts besides just getting what you think you're worth and the MLB that brings us to the spot. I think the key with Scott Boris is also he has the track record of I know it's insane to think that this is, what, five, six years ago, but the free agency where we had Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, they waited until the middle of free agency to sign, and they got, both of them, I believe, over $300 million. Harper was around three thirty. So Boris played the waiting game. And even with Harper, the Yankees were out, the Mets were out, the Dodgers were out. It was just Philly. It was literally everyone knew from the get-go 
that barring the Nationals ownership saying, you know what, screw it, we want to keep Bryce for the long haul, it was Philly, and there was nobody else. And Boris still managed to find a way to get Bryce Harper 13 years and 330. I believe that's the contract. I might be off by yeah. slightly, yeah. but... But exactly, like he waited until I think they were around March 15th. I remember I was still at Regis back then and we were on our spring break, which Henry, you're closer than I am to that. That's probably around March 15th, March 20th. Yeah. And Bryce Harper signed while we were on break, which shows you that Boris runs his facility that he does every spring training for all his guys that haven't signed. And Matt Harvey's gone to that in the past. Bryce, I believe, went to it at that year. And he just says, they're game ready. I have enough talent that I can do inter-squads and split-squads and live at-bats with just my Boris clients. And when you call on them and say <clears> it's time to go play, they go play and they dominate. And Bryce Harper went on to win MVPs and stuff like that. So it's clearly worked out in that front. And I think Boris is doing the same thing here with Montgomery and with Snell and saying, wait, and someone's going to pay you. The sneaky suspicion, and I know we're going to get into in a second these four guys individually, so we can start with Montgomery. I think, and we had Bob Nightingale a while ago with Montgomery. He's just waiting on the Texas Rangers to figure out their TV station situation because they want him back. He wants to be back. Chris Young even said that they're still in on acquiring more players once that situation resolves because, again, am I not claiming to be an expert of the Texas Rangers TV and finances, but it seems something along the lines of once they secure that deal, they're going to have more cash, which means they can spend it on players, and then Montgomery is going to be that guy that they spend it on. But, Nico, I know you just raised your hand, which we're on a Zoom call. Just talk. Um, but no, you were talking big time. All right. Well, what's what's up? Because I, I assume you want to well, say something before going into the players then. Two things. One, um, even though it's very uncommon, especially in baseball, for it to happen, Boris has had a guy sit out. Dallas Keiko sat out. About six years ago, I believe it was. I can use a better example. Michael Conforto two years ago sat out the whole Ah, uh, Michael Conforto as well. He's I didn't know he was a Boris guy. But again, it's not like, especially with Boris, like these guys, I think that with a lot of other agencies, there's the looming thing in the back of they're going to eventually sign and they're going to eventually play because they want to play opening day. With Boris guys, that's not. Again, we've seen with position players and, and starting pitchers, that's not necessarily going to happen. Whether it's good or bad, I don't think... Conforto and Keiko are the best examples for it succeeding. So we'll we'll see what happens. On the Montgomery thing, Hater talked about it. It varies. It again seems like it is that. It seems like the Rangers are just trying to get that result. When Hater, I believe, is on the foul foul territory show. Is that the one that he was on that he talked about it? They oh, asked yeah. him what happened with the Rangers, and he blatantly said, Yeah, it was the TV deal. Mm-hmm. That's what they were saying. They're like, Yeah, that's what's kind of preventing us from making this deal. And that's what did that deal. So again, if Montgomery truly wants to go back to the Rangers, it seems like they're going to have to wait until that happens, which, again, it's more like when is that eventually going to happen? Now, if we're talking from my bias, mm-hmm. that would be a perfect time for a, a team that, like, yes. maybe he's yes. close to, that maybe he's close to, like, say, like, his wife is, like, you know, doing residency in, like, a random city, such as, like, Boston. A university, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe like, a university that's close to Fenway Park. Maybe a team like that should, you know, actually sign someone and, you know, spend money because it's not like they're, you know, one of the biggest franchises in the world and literally owns Manchester United and owns a ton of other teams and literally is just 
loaded with money, maybe they should go out and sign him. But again, with how everything seems, it seems like he wants to go back. It seems like the rain they have their mutual interest. And I think that especially with haters' comments, it seems like it's just a once that get resolved, Montgomery's there. Yeah. The question will be how late can they push it? Because if this TV deal doesn't happen, then Montgomery's gotta sign somewhere. And it seems like the Red Sox, maybe the Yankees, maybe no, the I can guarantee it will not be the Red Sox. I don't, oh. well, who else? That's the I, thing. I, I sort of thought it was. Blake, gonna, I, I can I just. Think it was, I think it could be the Red Sox. We're going to get to Blake the... Snell in a second. I don't, and we can actually transition to Snell here too. The problem is a lot of the teams have solved their starting pitcher issues, given that pitchers and catchers reported today. Well, I mean, even the Yankees, as much as you're the, saying, the Yankees made some moves. Pitcher. I think, I, I, I don't think anyone either in the Yankees front office or especially not Yankee fans would be upset if at this point we signed Blake Snell. I'm Blake not Snell saying... Honestly, if Blake Snell was the only move, I would be a little concerned because, you know, guy gives up a lot of fly balls <laughs> and he walks a lot of people that sort of, you're sort of asking for it at Yankee stadium. But like, honestly, if, if his, cause I don't see his value going up, honestly, at this point, now that guys have, unless there's like, horrible injuries which obviously you never wish that but like it happens at every spring training right it happened last year with carlos rodon right he he got injured in a start and then was out for the beginning of the year i think that barring injuries i don't think snell's value goes much higher and i don't think many teams are going to be willing to give him more than six years on a deal i think 30 million is probably where it'll and thirty million AAV is probably where it'll end up. I don't see it becoming like a longer term deal than what he was previously asking for. Yeah, and Henry, like, correct me if I'm wrong. From a fan perspective, I can understand why you get more faith. The big thing with the Yankees rotation isn't a talent thing. It seems like it's just more of a risk. Yeah, yeah. you have yeah. you have a lot of guys that, again, if they are what they're supposed to be, you don't need Blake Snell by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. And again, if that's the problem, the problem's risk. Blake Snell, again, this is not an indictment on Blake Snell. I would love for Blake Snell to be leading the Red Sox right now. But Blake Snell doesn't kind of solve that problem for you guys because the big reason, nope. and we'll get to him in a little bit, him and Bellinger, the big things with them is risk. The big things is, Bellinger, was it really a bounce back year or was it just a, fl- a fluke? And with Snell, is, it, is this his peak? And are we going to see a very, very, like, fast descend so i think that with blake snell obviously if we see the blake snell that we've seen that we saw last year would obviously be a great sign but from the situation of the yankees the one problem with them is risk and i don't think blake snell from a what's limiting him from getting signed it doesn't solve that problem he's still a very risky guy because of all the things he said fly ball pitcher walks a lot of guys again in a place like yankee stadium your margin for error is that much smaller yeah. So gonna... I I think I think that there's a there's a risk part, but I think also a lot of the worry that the Yankees have is injury wise. And Blake to to his credit, Blake Snell has has not gotten injured a ton, right? Like he's he stayed relatively healthy. And you can argue is a thirty million dollar a year guy worth, uh, like is a thirty million dollar a year guy supposed to be putting up a a four ERA, which we've seen Blake Snell do. No, probably not. But frankly, our $162 million man put up a seven ERA last year. <laughs> so like, frankly, can't get much worse than that. Right. So like, I don't, I think that, I think that the Yankees would consider it simply because he's shown, <coughs> he's shown that he can stay healthy. 
but you're not wrong that like there's a level of risk to Blakesdale, especially at home. I think the interesting thing about the Yankees is you in theory have five guys right now that barring and I'll I'll knock on wood for you guys. Garrett Cole, Marcus Stroman, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt. Five starting pitchers. In fact, there's a decent argument to be made that that's a top ten, if not top five, rotation in baseball. They're going to they're 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 going to get injured. Well, that's the thing. I don't know then that spending on Blake Snell is the right move as opposed to, and this is not a sexy move, go get a Michael Lorenzen, go get a Jaco to Rizzi, go get a Mike Clevenger that you know is going to make five starts every day or five, start every five days. And then at the trade deadline, if the team is, if there's a team out of it, I'll use it. I don't know. I know we don't make trades that often. The Mets right now, and this is going backwards. Well, Shut up. Why the- <laughs> this is, I don't know, I'm going backwards on something I said a couple of days ago. But when the Mets are out of it at the trade deadline, there are oh! four, <laughs> there's four rentals on that team in Quintana, Manaya, Severino, and Hauser that all could be very star- solid starting pitchers available for the Yankees to take. Or use a team like the Pirates, who could have Mitch Keller. Or use a team like the Brewers, Freddy Peralta. Freddie Peralta, the, the, Louis, the Luis Severino return to the Bronx would give me more joy than I think I could ever put into words. Yeah, I think the team that makes most sense for the for Blake Snell in his thing, I think it's the Angels. I think that they're just kind of seeming like a match made in heaven. One guy is not willing to budge, and one team is consistently willing to take risks on players. So it seems like, just to me, it seems like it's the Angels just because it makes too much sense for a guy who's not willing to budge and the Angels are just known for giving those contracts. It seems like that's what's going to happen. It seems, um, especially with the fact that he didn't sign Otani, it, it seems to me like we're just barreling down. It's more to me when the Angels are deciding to pull the trigger on that contract, and we'll see. Maybe they finally get one right and it doesn't blow up in their face like the last like six that they've done have. And this isn't saying that Blake Snow is, but again, it, it just seems like with how that situation is, it seems like it's just an Angels and Blake Snow thing match made in heaven. All right, so yeah, rapid fire. Let's go. Each of us say Montgomery signs with X, Snell signs with X to wrap up this half of the discussion. All right, I can I can kick it off. Montgomery's going to sign with the Red Sox. Snell's going to sign with the Giants. Ooh, yes. Wait, Giants? You said? Yeah, yeah. I I think they like. I understand that they do have some pitching, but I was just like, it was like two in the morning yesterday. <laughs> I should have been studying for an e-contest. Me and my friend went down the the Giants pitching rotation, and it's horrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's they, Logan they, Webb. They didn't have a top 10 ERA. It's, it's Logan <laughs> Webb and and ungodly names. Um, I think that and, – and they still got money to throw around. I think it'll be the Giants. According to our tracker on which you can follow along, we have our roster breakdown, especially now that it's spring training that gets complicated, but SideRetiredPod.com. Giants rotation is Logan Webb, rookie Kyle Harrison, former closer, now starting pitcher Jordan Hicks, and then... There's three. Yeah, and then pick your poison of Tristan Beck, Keaton Wynn, Sean Ajelli, and Ethan Small is their four through five because Alex Cobb Oops. is missing the first half of the season. As is Robbie Ray. So, God, Isha, who? Isha Falani? No. <laughs> no, he's now a Minnesota twin. Shout out to David. Yeah, but, yeah. Nico, you're not getting away your Snell and Monty predictions. 
Monty's staying with the Rangers because I don't think I think the only team that has a chance would be the Red Sox and they're not going to bite. And then I think I'll say like I did. I think it's too obvious, so it's probably going to happen. I think Snell is going to the Angels. I'll go even more boring. I think Monty ends up with the Rangers. I think Snell's back with the Padres. Really? I, I look at their – we did this a day ago, so apologies. Padres rotation isn't good. Henry knows it from experience. It's Darvish, really Musgrove, and then King, Morihone. Hey, 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 hey. It's just and, those four and fives that aren't good. Okay. Pookie, I don't even Pookie, like – Pookie Bear Mike King is really – I also realize there's another former Yankee in the mix too. So it's Brito. It's Randy Vasquez. Former Yankee Glenn Otto is now there as well. So it's not a great mix of four and five. Put Blake Snell back in that rotation. He's going to do fine. Let's go to the position player half of this conversation. But first, get ready for a home run of a deal as we're offering fans an exclusive 30% off on all dugout mugs orders using the special promo code SRP30 at checkout at dugoutmugs.com. This is the official mug of Side Retired. Enjoy dugout mugs unique and high quality products at an unbeatable price. All thanks to Side Retired. Had to get that in there, boys. But... Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, where are they going? Why are they still out there? Well, I can start with this. Um, Bellinger, it's again, we were talking about it a little bit with Snell. It's just that risk factor. Um, You really just have that question of, are we getting the Bellinger from 2023 and from 2019 when he won his MVP? Or are we getting the one for the last couple of years? And I think that there's a lot of argument for both ways, which I think is what's caused this stall. The fact that he went and he didn't have he didn't have a good hard hit rating, which is what we saw in 2019 when he was raking. The fact that a lot of his metrics from the hard hitting 2019 Cody Bellinger didn't show up in 2023. They're very similar to 2021 and 2022. So when you take that into account, a lot of teams just don't want to be that team that just buys in on that one year and it ends up blowing up in their face. The good thing about Bellinger is that he will always have a very high floor because at minimum, he will be a Kyle Schwarber-esque, meaning I'm going to try and hit the ball out, and I'm going to be a go- and he has on top of the fact that he can be a Gold Glove defender. But the biggest thing is just combined with the fact that a lot of his hard hit stats are are were down because he sacrificed them to get a little bit more contact. It's hard to make that bet after just one year. When in the last four years, it's been MVP, three bad years, bounce back. Henry, uh, I mean. I don't know. It's just, it's just like risk association with just like how much is, how much are we you really willing to pay an overpaid Matt Chapman? I don't think Matt Chapman's really incredibly good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he's a good defender. Someone is not having it with these two free agents. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, um, I think that he is will be the most overpaid out of anyone, and Blake Snell might get two hundred seventy million dollars. <laughs> um, I, Cody Bellinger, I love. I understand the optics of not, of not getting, of not like of over investing in him look really bad. I don't know. I I don't understand why nobody's pulled the trigger on him yet, though. Well, I think that's where you almost hinted at it. And again, this would be a, a longer conversation for another day. Just because they're the best free agents out there doesn't mean they're necessarily good. Next year, Amen. we're going to have Amen. the cream of the crop. Next year, Juan Soto is a top five hitter in baseball. Corbin Burns is a top five pitcher in baseball. Zach Wheeler is a top five pitcher in baseball. There's a bunch of others. Pete Alonso, 
that'll kill me, is a top five slugger on slugging alone in yeah. baseball. This year, besides, and we're going to throw Tani and Yamamoto in a completely different category because they deservedly should be, the best pitcher out there is Blake Snell. But none of us, maybe a couple of us did, had Blake Snell that high on our top 10 starting pitcher list. The best offensive free agent was Cody Ballinger. We had him in our top 10 center fielders, but if we were just going to do top 10 outfielders, I don't think he makes it relatively high on our list. So just because they're the best, quote-unquote, free agents on the market doesn't mean they're the best, quote-unquote, players, which I think is the problem that happens is that every year someone's going to get paid massive money. That's just the lay of the law, supply and demand. There's free agents out there. There's teams with needs. It gets done. This year, not that the free agency class was weak because Otani carries a class. Outside of Otani, it was terrible. Exactly. Like, Blake Snell's a good pitcher. He's not an elite pitcher. And that's weird to say for Whoa. someone who's a Cy Young winner. But I don't know, I don't know if I was going to go that far. But yeah. You know. Well, think about it. Next year, Burns is better. Wheeler's better. Freed. Freed, you could better. argue, is better. Freed is better. You're going to have potentially Roki Sasaki there next year, who I think is better. And then, like, you know. Blake Snell is just the dominant number one this year because he's the only one. I guess you could have thrown Aranola, but he got his deal done relatively early with the Phillies. So I think that's why, again, eliminate Yamamoto, eliminate Otani. They're special. Snell were considering like this top guy because he was the only guy. And same with Bellinger. Bellinger's in the class with Soto and Alonzo and Glaber's a free agent and... <laughs> I forget who else. There's, there's a couple other guys out there that are solid MLB bats that Bellinger just stuck out this year because he was the only one. But let's do like we just did. Lock it in. Bellinger signs with X. Chapman signs with X. We'll go reverse order this time to give Henry time. I'll go first. I think that Chapman signs with the Giants in the worst-kept secret in baseball because he's going to reunite with Bob Melvin. Their third base is a problem with J.D. Davis and Wilmer Flores right now. So one of them could get traded. It's a gross platoon. One of them could get traded or there's a Michael Conforto trade on the horizon. Someone's got, I think the reason it hasn't happened yet is the Giants need to move some pieces around first. But Chapman of the Giants is the easiest secret that's been held in Major League Baseball. And then I'm going to give you Cody Ballinger to the Phillies because Brandon Marsh has had a I believe he got surgery a couple weeks ago. He's supposed to be the Phillies' everyday left fielder, center fielder. They're saying he'll likely be back by opening day. But if Cody Bellinger's sitting out there, I love Johan Rojas, and I love Brandon Marsh. But, Nico, you just described it perfectly. At his worst, he's a Kyle Schwarber-type player. At his best, he's a five-hitter. What do the Phillies love? They love? They love the ball going boom. They love Castellanos. They love Alec Bohm. They love Kyle Schwarber. They loved Reese Hoskins when he was with them. Bellinger, at his worst and even at his best, is a Philly. So give me Bellinger, and I'm scared of it, especially in that small baller park. Bellinger to the Phillies, Chapman to the Giants. Yeah, I'll go kind of along the same lines as that. Uh, I do think Chapman will be a Giant. I think that for all the reasons you said, and just the Giants never like to go out quiet. They always at least attempt to make the move and it's like they're a lot different than the Red Sox that it's that the Red Sox are just always different interested but the Giants actually make those offers so I think they may be the first ones to buy it on Chapman and then for Bellinger 
I, I still have that strong opinion. I think he's just going to go back to the Cubs. I think the Cubs are building something. I think he had success there. I think the Cubs thought he had success there. They're trying to build something to kind of win in the very near future with Craig Council and with the young core that's kind of shown flashes. So I think Bellinger to the Cubs is what's end up going to end up being. I mean, so I'll start with Chapman. Um, I actually think Chapman's going to go to the Cubs. They've, they're still low-key rumored. And as much as I love Nick Madrigal, I don't think that he is the starting third baseman on a contending team. And I think that Matt Chapman is definitely more of a starting third baseman on a contending team than Nick Madrigal. With, the, with Bellinger, I, I think I might be the founder and CEO of the Dominic Canzone hate club. Uh, he's going to the Mariners. I really feel it in my bones. They need a bat so bad. Um, and I think he's kind of perfect for them to give them a little more offensive firepower. In a perfect world, that's where I'd want him to go. Looking at the Mariners outfield rounds, J-Rod, obviously, and then it looks like it's Luke Raleigh and Mitch Hanniger. So could definitely use and an Mitch, upgrade. Mitch Hanniger is... Yeah, you know, especially if Bellinger shows that he can have that consistency, the Mariners could turn a questionable trade that happened that some people were very happy about, some people were not. <laughs> and uh, him, they could turn this into a very what looked like an underwhelming to a very successful offseason because it would seem like if Polanco ends up hitting. And Hanniger finds it again with the Mariners, and they're able to get Bellinger. And Bellinger is what he was last year. That they just have they have a great offense, a good to uh, an above average offense, along with that amazing rotation. I will say this last question here before wrapping up: When do you think the first one of these guys signs? And more curiously, when does the last of these four guys sign? Um, I think that I think Monty will be the last one. Um. I think – actually, no. I take that back. I think Bellinger will be the last one. Um, Pitchers have to get going. That's the thing. Like, yeah, exactly. I think that Snell will – yeah, I think that Snell will sign relatively soon. Ooh. And I think that Chapman will. I think it'll go Snell, Chapman, Monty, Belly. Nico? I, I kind of have to agree. That's what I was going to go with. <laughs> that happy win. I was pretty happy when he said when he said Montgomery because I was gonna be like oh it's gonna be different but I think Snell is gonna be first because again from my whole thing of I think the Angels are just gonna bite and then I think Bellinger is the one who I think is gonna have the most pull meaning he has a little bit of pressure off of not having to get going like a pitcher does and I think Montgomery I don't I think. The guys who are interested, again, I'll keep on saying it. I don't think the Red Sox are getting him because I have zero faith in our front office. So I think that Montgomery, it's kind of a he could be the first one to sign. He can be the last one to sign. I think it just matters on how long that deal is going to take. So if it ends up happening tomorrow, I think Montgomery signs by this weekend. If it happens in a couple weeks, I think he's going to sign in a couple weeks. So I'll say Montgomery third to be safe. I'm probably going to agree with Henry. Same thing. I'm... This is gonna be. I'm trying to find the date on when Bryce Harper signed, because I'm looking, and it was late. Like, all right, I found that it's February 28th was when Bryce Harper finally signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. I'll go two weeks past that. What's that? March 16th, around or so. I can't do math. Yeah, March 14th. All right, I'm gonna say March 
March 16th, March 15th, Cody Bellinger's still going to be out there in free agency, sitting all alone. MLB season actually starts, I believe it's like March 24th this year because there's the Korea series. So yeah, Belly's going to be a free agent with a week left until opening day. And it's going to get really close because it's going to be that staring match of he wants $300 million and there's probably a lot of teams that would get him for 150 And who's going to be the desperate team that has an injury? And I'm not going to name teams because that would be evil and cruel. But who's going to have that Reese Hoskins type injury that the Phillies had last year right before opening day that it's then, uh-oh, we need a bat in the middle of our order. And I think that's what Unfortunately, for better or for worse, the Phillies and Scott Boris, or the whatever, Scott Boris and Cody Bellinger are looking for. But I know we focused on four big free agents, but that is not all in this entire class that's still a free agent. We've got other players such as JD Martinez, Trevor Bauer, Whit Merrifield, Tim Anderson, Adam Duvall, Daniel Vogelback, Mike Clevenger, Tommy Pham, Joey Votto, Hunjin Ryu, CJ Crone, Michael Lorenzen, Brandon Crawford, Ahmed Rosario, Eduardo Escobar. Kike Hernandez, Josh Nelson, Garrett Cooper, Gio Urshela, Evan Longoria, Elvis Andres, David Peralta. All these guys should be signing major league contracts. Like, not even just, like, minor league invites to spring training. All these guys have proven that they deserve big league. That's not even including, like, Austin Meadows, Zach Granke, Michael Taylor, Kyle Lewis, Bad Bum, Gene Segura. They're so, like, it's Kyle insane. Kyle Lewis? Former rookie of the year? Yeah, yeah I, I'm aware. You're not a big fan? Tony Kemp. I, Ryan Stanek is a good reliever that's sitting sure, out there. Sure, Tony, I'd take Tony Kemp over. Yuli Gurriel. Kyle Lewis. How about, one. <laughs> over, over freaking Tony Kemp. Dick Mountain is out there. Johnny Cueto is out there. G-Man Choi. Eric Lauer. Vince Velasquez. Luke Voigt. Colton Wong. Oh. Matt Barnes. Mark Melanson. Right, we're, starting to, we're starting to get more to the bottom of the barrel. AJ mm-hmm. Pollock. Jimmy Nelson. Joely Rodriguez. Aaron Loop, Alex Reyes. Uh, Yankee legend Joely Rodriguez. Yo, stop. You just said Joely Rodriguez in a <laughs> list of guys who are absolutely, definitely deserving to get a major league deal. No, yeah, I got one left on the list, Darren <laughs> Roth. But, yeah, think about all those guys. That All of them in a normal year are at least at spring training with someone. Like, at bare minimum, even if you don't want to give them the major league deal. Someone signs Joely Rodriguez to try to break camp as a lefty. Yeah. And for some reason, they're all just sitting out there at Boris camp waiting to get signed. Let me just that. say, let me just say, when it happens, because I know it's going to happen, because there is one guy that you named there, and I know it's going to happen. When the Red Sox sign with Merrifield, <laughs> when it happens, because it's going to happen, just because of how this offseason's gone, I will tell David Yo. I know we said with with some of the stuff that happened with like Tyler O'Neill and some of those other guys that Tyler O'Neill was right. That deal was off. Um, when they signed with Merrifield, I will uphold my end of the bargain, even though, even though David, I think David should have to too. Even though David punted on it, I will, I will uphold my end of the bargain. <laughs> well, I will also say the ball is starting to get moving. We saw Jorge Soler sign yesterday. We saw Yasmani Grandal sign yesterday. We saw Yariel Rodriguez sign with the Blue Jays. There was a flurry of, and this is the last thing we're going to do, I promise, because we're rambling a little bit. We're going to play some trivia with the boys, see how in tune they are with Major League Baseball. There were 10 signings yesterday. We're going to name the player that signed. You're going to tell me who the heck signed them. Let's not go for 10, boys, please. <laughs> Nico's got the fear of God in his eyes right now. Jesse Winker signed yesterday. 
Nats. Nats, out of way, Henry. One for one. Out of way, Henry. <laughs> Drew Pomeran signed yesterday, former Cy Young Ooh. candidate. When uh, was he a Cy Young candidate? He actually, I'm pretty sure he finished top five one year. No shot. But um, Nico, um, you should you should know this one. No, I shouldn't. Don't tell That's, me it's the Red Sox. No, it's not the Red Sox, but you've been saying it's this Miami. team. It's not Miami. You're saying this team uh, needed pitching. Oh, it's going to be the Angels then. The Angels signed Drew Pomerantz. There's your answer. Corey Knable signed yesterday, former Brewers closer. Uh, so the Twins. Close, White Sox. Jordan Groshans, former top 10 prospect in Major League Baseball, Ooh. signed yesterday. Everyone knows Nobody that name. Jordan Groshans. Jordan Groshans. You should. No. No, you should. nobody should. The Yankees should. signed Jordan Groshans. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. How about the Giants got Amir? I'm going to go the opposite way because you guys are no clue what's happening. Tune yeah, this guy's like, yeah, you should. I knew, the, I, knew, I knew the Giants got Amir Garrett. Giants got Amir Garrett. White Sox got my favorite New York Met of all time, Dominic Leone, signed with the Chicago White Sox. Miami Marlins got two players in Yanni Chirinos and Kurt Casale. Scott Alexander signed with the A's. Jerickson Profar signed with the Padres. And the New York Mets got their DH of the future in Ben Gamble. But the ball's rolling. We'll be back tomorrow. We think we have a unique styled episode coming out if things come to fruition. We're going to put a little research and nitty gritty into getting that one out. But for Dylan, Nico, Henry, check out our interview with the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame from yesterday. Check out our interview from two days ago, Henry's favorite interview of all time with Jamar awesome. and Tervant Johnson. Until the next time, Side is retired. <laughs>